All right, welcome to the conversation on the TYT Network. We've got a great guest for you guys now. He's Justin Jackson, uh, known as JJ, uh, plays for the San Diego Chargers, is a running back for them, and he is an awesome progressive. So, uh, JJ, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it. I do have to. I do have to correct you. It is now the L.A. Chargers? I say that every time. I know, and it, people still get it wrong. It's okay. It just means you've been watching for a long time, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely old school. Uh, and the Chargers uh, after the Steelers were my second favorite team. I know some people hate that. Oh, you're not. I was second favorite team, but they. I do. Sorry, I violate the rules, and so it's hard to get San Diego out of my head, even though they're right here. It's all good, man. It actually happens a lot still. So I think people are still adjusting. Yeah. All right. So, uh, JJ, I want to talk about your life, and I want to talk about how you became progressive. But mm -hmm. first, I, I here's another thing I can't get past. So in a high school game, you scored five touchdowns and four and, and ran for 405 yards. That that's yeah. <laughs> it's, it's unreal. It's unreal. And so. I'm going to start there, even though it makes no sense. We're talking about progressive politics for most of this. But after the game, were you just like, no, that's it. I'm a demigod. It's not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> no. One of the great got, moments of your life. It is. It's still to this day. That was my senior year. That was one of the wildest games ever. And it came down, like, to the wire, too. Um, and, yeah, I had 45 carries. And you could ask my high school coach. Like, he wasn't afraid to – to give me like 40 carries a game. So I had 45 carries. Yeah. Over 400 yards. That was one of the craziest games I've ever played, but um, yeah, man, that, that was wild. And I probably, no, I can guarantee you, I probably never have a game like that ever again. So there you go. That was the best. Uh, that's when I peaked I was in high school uh, as a running back. I peaked in high school. No. <laughs> well, I, then you went out to Northwestern and broke uh, almost every record there was. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, but I, I guess your coach might have been Doug Collins. Just give JJ the ball and get the f out of the way. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> basically, that's basically what it was. Yeah, I can't complain either. <laughs> I won. Yeah. Well, my guess is you guys won that game. We did. We did. <laughs> yeah. You can't have a performance like that and lose. You just can't. It doesn't work yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right. Uh, and I can appreciate that because I played football in high school. I was a pretty decent middle linebacker, but I was a terrible fullback. Uh, so I was lucky <laughs> if I got five yards, uh, let alone 405. So <laughs> always appreciate anyone who could actually see a hole, let alone run through it. Right. Um, <laughs> hey, the fullback helped, helped, helped open it, though. So I appreciate you guys like you, always. Yeah. All right. So um, – when did you like when I was a kid? I, I used to watch the McLaughlin Report. I used to watch This Week, etc. I was kind of, I was not kind of, I was a dork. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, when did you uh, become a progressive or realize you were a progressive? Wow. So, I guess my political awakening was definitely 2016 with the election. Um, I think it was easier to be apolitical kind of in the age before Trump, right? Which obviously is another criticism that can be levied is is a lot of us were asleep during Obama years and during all that happening no the media never really talked about it and it was just kind of easy not to be paying attention plus I was young right so that was the first election I could actually vote in because um, I was 20 and I remember like at Northwestern which is where I went to college um, we had a lot of uh, 
conversations, I guess, in the locker room and stuff like that. More social and cultural conversations than political. But we did, you know, some of the political uh, conversations were sprinkled in there. And I just realized I didn't know anything. Like, I, I was like, I felt myself arguing for Democrats because I knew that there was things about, like, Republican ideology that I just didn't agree with. But I didn't know why necessarily I agreed with the, the Democrats. It was just like, oh, it's not them. So I guess I agree with the Democrats. So I kind of really wanted to, in order to actually speak on political topics, I wanted to kind of educate myself. And so what I want, what I did was, um, and this was, unfortunately, I kind of missed the primary. I kind of just started paying attention in the general. And so I was trying to explain to like some of my roommates stuff, like, okay, you have to vote for Hillary. You can't vote for Trump for this, this, and this. But none of those reasons were anything really substantial, right? Or substantive, I guess. And so I wanted to get informed. And so naturally I went to the like mainstream media and I realized I wasn't, learning anything you know what i mean like i was just they were just talking about trump's tweets or like it was just all character stuff right and there was nothing actually substantive policy based and so what i had to do was go to independent media right i had to go to actually tyt was a huge uh place that i went to because i remember you guys had long segments about policy and i was like wow i'm actually learning something about like america's political history and like policies that uh, Hillary has, um, you know, tried to implement or voted for and you know, like stuff like that. So that's kind of when I first got introduced into progressive politics. And I'm like, wait, I agree with healthcare for all. Like, I agree with ending war. Like, I agree with all this stuff. Like, so I guess I'm a progressive. Right. And that's kind of like where I first understood, like, and kind of found a home for myself politically. Yeah. So first of all, that's great to hear. And, uh, and so sometimes we lose track of of what we do day to day, and mm. and so we cover the mainstream media too. But it was I, I read uh, you said that in a different interview, and uh, I gotta say I was uh, proud of it. I was surprised by it. But you know, since I have a completely different perspective, I'm I'm buried in my own bubble. So when you watched uh, TYT online, you thought we covered policy a lot more uh, than mainstream media did. Oh my! I mean, do the main does the mainstream media ever even talk about policy? I don't know. I don't watch it anymore. Um, if if anything, it's honestly I see mainstream media, especially in the age of Trump, as more of just like a TMZ or E News, right? They're just covering um, salacious things, or just trying to get clicks or tweets, or uh, you know, Trump said this to a reporter, but it's not like they're not actually defending real journalism it's just like oh you're just trying to get a, a clickbait or a soundbite or stuff like that like that's what the mainstream media was covering so i really was not learning anything and i really wanted to learn because i wanted to argue for my side or, or why i was supporting someone or something for reasons that were based on policy and based on actual substance and based on how this is actually going to affect real people's lives not just a tweet or something someone said in a press conference that really makes no difference um, to any, anyone who's out there, just an average American worker, their everyday lives. So that's where I found that on uh, independent media, especially independent left media, um, and, and you guys, um, and like Jimmy's show, Kyle's show, uh, you know, Rational National, like uh, shows like that. So that's why, I mean, I really appreciate you and, and you guys and just independent left media in general, because it's really brought me to this place where I am today, where I can advocate uh, as a staunch progressive. All right, I love it, uh, and thank you for saying that. Um, of so, 
so let's talk about what we're going to do now, because you were a big Bernie Sanders supporter as a progressive. That's obviously very logical. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, obviously, Bernie lost. So, uh, JJ, where does that leave you? <laughs> it leaves us in a tough spot, right? Um, and this, the, really the saddest thing, I think, for me and for myself when I think about it is after four, five, six years of a huge progressive wave, huge progressive movement, we get a candidate, the DNC kind of pushes forth, the media pushes forth a candidate that really, if you look at it policy-wise, is even worse than the candidate we have in 2016, right? And so you're just, I think it's hard to ask people to vote for a candidate who has really supported mainstream Republican legislation, has written mainstream Republican legislation, has supported mainstream Republican legislation his entire political career. And now we're we're asking people who Bernie really staked his whole movement on opposing, which is politicians like Hillary Clinton, politicians like Joe Biden, right? And so you get a candidate like Joe Biden, I think it's just so hard to ask progressives to to go out, especially in the middle of a pandemic, right, and vote for somebody like Joe Biden, who is completely opposite of all of our values. He's really the epitome of, of the type of corruption and rot that we hate in the Democratic Party and that we're trying to take over. Um, and it almost feels like it's an impossible feat to do, considering as strong of a movement we had and and how it pretty much after Super Tuesday or kind of once uh, all the centrists consolidated, uh, just Joe Biden kind of had a landslide victories in a lot of even states he didn't have campaign offices in. So it's just hard. And I think even if people are going to hold their nose and vote for Joe Biden, one, I would never say it out loud because I think you should have you should try and get concessions. You, they need to come get my vote. I need you to come more to the left. I need you to actually, I mean, why doesn't Joe Biden just lie to us and say he's going to support some of the stuff that we want, like Medicare for all and legalizing weed? He won't even lie to us and say it. So it's just, I think it's the worst position for a progressive to be in. I, I don't hold it against anyone who goes out there and votes for Joe Biden. I'll never voter shame. Um, I think it's, I think if people do go out and vote for Joe Biden, I think it's going to be holding their nose, holding their mouths closed underwater for 30 minutes. Like that's how painful I think it's going to be for a lot of people to vote for Joe Biden. I do think people will go out and vote for him, but I really don't blame people if they don't, because if he doesn't support any of the policies that I do, um, he's never been a, a champion of any of the per- policies that I'm in, I'm in favor for. I think it's hard to to ask me to, to go vote for him if he doesn't support any of those things. So I, I often talk about this. There was a, a guy that worked at a Waffle House uh, trying to increase wages down in Western Virginia that we interviewed back in 2016. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he his name was Nick Smith. And he said, um, Trump at least had the decency to lie to us. Uh, right. Tell us the jobs are coming back, right? Right. And, mm-hmm. and Hillary wouldn't even do that. And that's what re- reminded me of when you were saying he won't even lie to us. Like, jeez, <laughs> like, like, how bad? A bit of an effort. Yeah, like, um, how bad of a politician do you have to be to not even, like, you see 40% of your party wants these certain le- legislations and you won't even signal to us 
and uh, you know say you'll you'll champion those. But yeah, no, and of state, course, and on, on Medicare for all, it's actually sixty-five to eighty percent of the right. of the party that wants it. And in Mississippi, uh, where he won seventy-eight to eighteen, sixty-five percent of those voters still wanted Medicare for all. Exactly. And, and and Biden. Uh, went out of his way to say, not only am I not going to push for that, but if we if it gets to my desk miraculously, I will still veto it. Veto it, right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, to your point, JJ, that's like yeah. spitting in our face. Um, yeah. So, but, but still, JJ, if people don't know the things that you know, and they're watching this, uh, they've probably been gaslit by the mainstream media who constantly says, no, progressives are unreasonable. Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders' positions are uh, almost the same exact thing, and and progressives are looking for a purity test, and they want Biden to be a hundred percent pure rather than the ninety nine percent that he agrees with them. So then, what are the real policy differences where you think no, it's not even close to being the same as us? Right. I mean. And I always joke kind of with people when I'm texting them, I'm like, well, if you're poor and you can't afford health care, it'll be so much better if you don't get health care with Biden as president than Trump. Right. That's what you're kind of telling people. And I think we kind of think of it at a, in a wholesale view as opposed to thinking of, thinking of it on an individual level. Right. If I'm a person and you're asking me to care about a bunch of other people when I can't even pay my health care bills. If I, I'm scared every single day that if I get sick or if I get laid off my job, that I won't be able to afford health care, neither will my family. I think it's hard to tell that singular person, right, that they need to go out and vote for someone who doesn't even won't even support them at their darkest hour. Right. And I think you take that singular case and you extrapolate it to a whole population. And that's where you get a depressed Democratic turnout, where you have a bunch of working class and poor people who don't have anything to vote for, right? A lot of people aren't going to go out on a work day and vote for a candidate or I guess just vote against a candidate, right? That's like you're asking for trouble if you're if you're putting voters in that position. And so when you see when you see things like healthcare, when you see things like uh, our war policy, our defense budget, stuff like that, has Joe Biden ever talked about that? Has he ever even apologized for the Iraq war vote? No. What is he what's he said is he's lied and said that he didn't he didn't support actually going to where he just support supported investigating it, even though there's videotape of him four or five months after the fact saying that we have to support a war started by a Republican president. Right. So he's lied to us on that. He's lied to us on health care. He's you know, he said he just wants to get back in the Paris Agreement. But when we know scientists have said that we need to do way more than that. Right. So it's like the planet dies under Trump. The planet dies in two or three less years under Biden, like, no, we're trying to save the planet, but he doesn't have any plans to actually go out there and save the planet. Um, so this is all these these policies where he's either milk toast or doesn't even agree with them at all that are essential to our political being, that are essential to things that we need to see that are essential to people who maybe are $100,000 in student debt and aren't going to pay that off until the day they die. What is What plans does he have for that? Nothing. Yeah. You, you don't see anything. There's nothing even close to rising to the level of, of the uh, problem. None of his solutions will rise to the level of the, of the problem. And that's where I think it's tough to ask progressives to go out and vote for that, because when does it end? They say 
that we need to do this every single four years. And I think people are just tired of it. We're tired of hearing it, especially when a lot of people went out and did that four years ago with Hillary Clinton and still got lambasted like they were the problem. When, in fact, more Bernie Sanders supporters from the primary voted for Hillary than Hillary supporters in 08 voted for Obama. So but no one wants to pay attention to that. No one wants to speak about that. They just want to, you know, spit in our face, like you said, every single time. And I think people are kind of just tired of it at this point. Yeah. So uh, we're talking to Justin Jackson uh, running back for the L.A. Chargers. And uh, and, and J.J., uh, you know, you, you uh, explain all these facts. And if people knew these facts, um, then they would probably have a different perspective. Then Mississippi yeah. probably wouldn't have voted the way that they voted. Right. Uh, and and. And the reason they don't know it is exactly what you said first, which is mainstream media. They never talk about the policies. They never run the tapes that you're referring to. There's also tapes on uh, him saying we should cut Social Security. And, mm-hmm. and the media w- not only wouldn't run it, they yelled at anybody who would run it. Uh, yeah. and, and and then there's Biden saying that, you know, he was arrested in South Africa <laughs> protesting apartheid. It's a, I mean, and so... Yeah. And when you talk about Biden's record of lying, which is quite significant and why he dropped out of a couple of presidential runs, people get upset. Now, having said that, do you think that that's so Bernie Sanders was not able to win the majority of the African-American vote? And it was incredibly uh, uh, counter to his like it, it cost them. You know, it didn't it wasn't the only reason that that he lost the election, but it was a big part of it, especially in South Carolina yeah. and in the South. So what do progressives have to do differently? Because I know you, you, we were talking off air before. You got family members in Mississippi specifically, right? Yeah. What do progressives have to do to reach African-Americans and tell these stories? You know, it's honestly, it's really tough. It is. And I think it comes down to more on an individual level, right? It's me talking to my family. It's me talking to, you know, my fellow uh, black people's families. Because, like, when it comes down to black voters... A lot of it is trust. And for some reason, black voters trust Joe Biden. Black voters trusted Bill Clinton, right? I think it's the onus is upon us to say, look, these are the policies that Joe Biden has supported. These are the policies that Hillary Clinton has supported. They have completely devastated our communities, even Obama, right? And that's the hardest thing to do. And Obama really was the biggest gift to the Democratic establishment there ever could have been, right? Because he's a likable guy, great speaker, great politician with mainstream centrist. Even he said it himself, his policies in the 80s would have been considered moderate, moderate Republican policies, right? And yep. when, you have, when you have Fox News out there calling his healthcare plan socialist, even though it forces you to buy healthcare from a private company, which is pretty much as capitalist as you can get, When you have that, you have people thinking that Obama was this lefty president, right? And he's a black progressive, black president. He was a progressive. No, none of these things are true. So when you attach all these people to Barack Obama, who really campaigned in 08 as a progressive, right? He campaigned as a much more progressive than he actually legislated. So when you attach Joe Biden to Barack Obama, who is so well liked within the black community, because a lot of black folks didn't think especially older black folks, didn't think they'd ever see a black president in their lifetime, right? They lived through the civil rights movement. They didn't think that they'd ever see a black president, right? So then you, you, he has all this trust and all this likability, especially within the older black community. So then 
when you don't get, especially like I know my grandparents, man, they watch like mainstream news. Like that's all they watch because they don't know YouTube. They don't know all these like platforms that we know as younger folks. So when they see that and they see them um, talking about Joe Biden and such a good light and they know he was associated with Obama, they just automatically think he's good. Right. And so I think it comes down to people kind of getting more ingrained in independent media, independent media uh, gaining a larger audience. And as that independent media gains a larger audience, you get more people that can actually explain some of these uh, policy failings that mainstream Democrats like Joe Biden has uh, has been a part of and explain to them why more progressive policies will help our communities more and more directly, right? You have to actually speak directly to our communities and our communities' problems and how these policies will help. So it's definitely a hard process that's going to take a lot of work, but it's something like you just have to do. It's not, you can't just put out some flyers and, and stuff like that. Like you have to actually go there, be on the ground and talking to these people. Yeah. JJ, uh, you know, obviously Kaepernick uh, took a political stance in the NFL and um, and paid a very heavy price for it. Yeah. Uh, as you've been speaking out for progressives, any issues with the charges of the NFL or they've been good to you? I have not. And I'm really happy about that. And one thing I really pride myself on is I try not to be a partisan, right? Like I try, I'm a progressive. Um, obviously that means I align more with the democratic party, but honestly, the way the democratic party is run with Pelosi and Schumer and Biden and the Clintons of the world and then just the mainstream establishment, I don't really align that much with the Democrats either. So I just speak on issues that I think both but I think a lot of Americans are worried about and I never try and, uh, you know, be like aggressive or like just like angry or name calling. I really try and engage with people on more of a policy level and like, look, I understand your issues. We might have different strategies on how to get it accomplished, but I hear you. I see you. And I think we can work towards uh, you know kind of a, a better future for all of us. Um, so I really try not to be, you know, too, Try not to be nasty or anything like that. I'm um, not saying Kaepernick was. Obviously, he got. I mean, that just turned into such a political thing when Trump talked about him, and it just became hyper uh, partisanized. But um, yeah, so I. Long story short, sorry, I'm kind of just rambling, but no, I have not had uh, any of those issues uh, so far. Well, that that's great, um, and and nor should you. It shouldn't even be an issue for you right. to have issues, right? I'm a citizen, um, right? Like I can. I can speak on politics. Right. Like, and it's not like you work for the government. So Right. Exactly. <laughs> you're an athlete. Of course, you like anyone else, you have opinions. Yeah, you wouldn't tell that to an accountant or a lawyer, right? Right. Up and do your job. Wait, what? No, you wouldn't say that to them. So why to <laughs> athletes? It doesn't make any sense. It's actually laughable. Yeah, it really is. I mean, imagine we had to ask dentists, like, hey, have you gotten in trouble at, at your work for having a political right. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Justin Jackson from the Chargers. Uh, wonderful progressive. Uh, thank you for joining us, and I hope you can do it again. Yeah, thank you so much, Shank. I really appreciate you uh, for getting me, you know, involved in the in the political game and, and progressive politics. So I always appreciate you for that. Much love. Thank you.